What a wonderful study to study who God is and what God does for us. And so today I want us to look at God, the God who goes before us. The God who goes before us. When I moved uh, to Charlotte years ago from Virginia, one of, the, one of the positives of that move was that I was going to be closer to my parents who were aging. And uh, I knew that would be something where I could provide some help and uh, be able to be there in a time of need. But uh, as all of you know, <clears throat> when you get busy and when you have a lot of responsibilities, and I had a lot of responsibilities with the church, and your children are in school, and all of those things are happening, except for needs, I probably got to Greensboro, which is only 90 miles away, on special occasions and holidays. You just don't get over there and do that. And so it was so special for me uh, one year to have a Bible study in Burlington. And if you know anything about the geography, Burlington's just down the road from Greensboro. And so my responsibilities were at night uh, in leading that Bible study, which was half of the week. And so on the uh, lunch times during the day, I was able to drive up to Greensboro and be with my parents. And my mother, she delighted in cooking for me uh, those days, and of course I delighted in <laughs> eating it, but it was, it was one of those rare experiences where I had an opportunity during the day uh, to go and be with, be with them. The Saturday morning after of that week, my mother died with a massive heart attack. And as I look back on those, on those days together eating lunch and sharing, I realized that God had gone before me, even when I didn't know that he was working. Absolutely amazing. The Bible study was, was probably uh, scheduled a year in advance. Who would have ever known that the Bible study and my mother's death would have coincided except the Lord himself? And he had gone before me and orchestrated that blessing. He was working, and he was ahead of me even when I wasn't aware of it. And folks, that is the very same thing in your life as it is in mine. You know that you've done it as well as I have done it. You have, you have had an experience take place, and you stepped back from it, and you looked at it again, and you went, God was there all the time, and God went before me. God was ahead of me. And that's the God that we love and the God that we serve. That God goes ahead of us is the testimony of our lives. But it's also clearly the testimony of Scripture. And so I want to I share with you several places where that is pointed out and absolutely clear and true. The first is what I call how it was before it was. Let me explain that. If you take the Bible... And if you want to break down the whole story, the whole narrative of Scripture and see what, uh, what is taking place and what God is doing, you, you have a place where you say, this is how it was. We would call it creation in Genesis. We would say, this is how God intended it to be. This is what he did when he created the temple uh, uh, garden and he wanted to have fellowship and dwelling with man. Here is the way it was. Here is how it was. And then you quickly move from that to how it is because of the fall. 
Why do we experience what we experience? Why is man in need of redemption from sin? Why is it the way it is? And you go back and see a decision that was made in the Garden of Eden, and you understand that, and the Bible teaches that, and the Bible clarifies that. But beyond that, you know how it can be. There is a great portion of the Scripture that talks about how it can be, how it can be redemptively. What did Christ do for us? How can it be for you and for me, even in a world that is still dominated by sin? It can be this way because of him. And the effect of redemption in our lives and the effect of redemption because of what Christ has done can be seen in, in, in our world. And so it, it can be that way. But then there is that portion of Scripture that talks about how it will be. And I guess we could say some of that is heaven. You know, how will it be? What will it be like? But then there is more than that. How will it be with the new creation and the new heaven and the new earth? How will it be when he comes? How will it be when he comes in victory and power and reigns? So all of those things are explained in Scripture. But as I said, there is another question. How it was before it was. And we actually can step back and look into pre-creation because of the revelation of Scripture. And that to me is absolutely amazing that God can take the curtains and he draws them back and he said, I want you to see what I was doing before creation ever took place. And one of those verses that points that clearly out is Ephesians 1.4, for he chose us, listen to this, he chose us in him, before the creation of the world, before the creation of the world. This is pre-creation. This is how it was before it was. To be holy and blameless in his sight. Pre-creation. What does the verse say? The verse says God had a purpose, and it concerned Christ, and it concerned us. And he put Christ and us together in his mind, and he said, I determined to have children, adopted children, and they will be holy and they will be blameless. Wow. All of that took place before creation. That was the purpose of God before creation. He was before. He is always before. Revelation 13, 8. There are names in the book of life belonging to the Lamb slain, slain before the foundation of the world. The redemptive purpose in pre-creation, God goes before us. Nothing catches him by surprise. He knew exactly how it was going to be. He knew how it was going to translate out in sin. The death of Christ was not coincidental the purpose of God, how it was before it was. God goes before us. The needs are met. Redemption is made. The decision is there. The offer is going to be given because God goes before us. Uh, there's, a, there's another passage, and it deals with Joseph in Genesis. And this is what he said in chapter 50 and verse 20. 
as he spoke to his brothers who had come to Egypt to get food to survive. And he said to them this, and I don't know if he was ever prepared to say this until now, but now he gets it. Now he's like me, standing in the middle of a, of a situation where I knew that God had gone before me and God was there before I even knew it. Joseph makes this statement. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is being done right now, saving many lives. And what you have here in the life of Joseph, and Joseph is speaking, he looks back and he realizes that God had gone before him. When God gave him the dream of the sheaves, and he saw his sheaves stand erect, and he saw the sheaves of his brothers bow down. It was sort of foolhardy to, to tell his brothers about the dream at that point. But just the dream itself given to Joseph as a young boy said God had already gone before him. He's already anticipated the situation that is going to unfold years later. When Joseph is uh, put in the pit, angry, disillusioned, afraid, God had already gone before him. When he was imprisoned in Egypt for something that he did not do, God had gone before him. When he was given the ability to interpret the dreams of the Pharaoh, God had already gone before him. When you read this passage of Scripture, you understand that Joseph went nowhere that God had not gone before. You come to Israel. You come to Mount Sinai and God offers them the covenant. Where did all of this start? You go back to Genesis 12 and 15 and God is speaking to Abraham and another, another covenant is going to be made and he said, Abraham, I'm going to make of you a great nation and I'm going to make you a great people. And your people are going to sojourn in a land for 400 years of bondage. And then I will bring them out with a mighty arm and a mighty hand. And here they stand in front of the Lord, and the Lord offers them a covenant, and he has talked about this for over 400 years. God way ahead. God had gone before them. And then when you get into the land, and Moses is leading his people, and uh, Exodus 13, 21 says, By day the Lord went ahead of them by a pillar of cloud, and then at night by a pillar of fire. Didn't matter if they wanted to travel at night or in the day. They could go either one because they had a cloud and they had the fire to, to, to guide them because God went before them. God was ahead of them. That was the first GPS, and it was absolutely amazing. When you think of God going before us, he can do that because he is eternal. But he does that because of his compassion. 
in Nehemiah chapter 9, when the elders were speaking to the people, the walls have been built, Nehemiah is there, the elders are speaking to the people, and they are rehearsing the history of Israel. And they made this statement, Lord, because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the desert, but by day you led them with a pillar of cloud, and by night you led them with a pillar of fire. Your compassion. God went before his people. Isn't that what parents do who love their children? We had a, when, when you know a child is on the way, don't you paint the nursery and get everything ready? You wait to the last minute? I guess there are some people out there that might do that, but most of us are way ahead of the game. Child hasn't even been born. You're way ahead of the game. You're way out in front of them. You paint the nursery. You have the showers. You get all the beds set up. Everything looks great. Nothing's messed it up yet. Not even any sounds coming from there. It's real quiet, but it's ready. We pave the way for college. Put money in the bank, we save. Why do that? Because we love our children, because we're out before them. We're ahead of them. We had a very interesting situation with my daughter when she graduated from college. She was starting grad school. She was going to be a PA, so we were putting her in the Medical University of South Carolina in Charleston. She had four days between the graduation from college and the beginning of her graduate school. Well, there was absolutely nothing that she could do, so Brenda and I went before her. We spent time in Charleston, and we looked around. We learned the city. We sort of learned what was safe and what was not safe and where the traffic flow were, uh, happened and what would be, you know, contiguous to our school and all of those things. We did the research. We rented the apartment. We got it all set up and fixed. And when my daughter came from college, on her cell phone, we led her in <clears throat> to her new place of residence and then introduced it to her. We had gone before. She didn't know what it looked like. She didn't know it, what, what, what had happened, but she knew us. She knew us, and she knew exactly what we would want for her, and so it was okay. But God goes further than any parent can go. We have our limits. He has no limits. God goes before us. That's who he is. And that's what he does. And folks, even when we don't realize that he's gone before us, it doesn't negate that truth. And even when we're in circumstances and we don't understand and we're disillusioned, it does not negate that truth. And even when you don't think he has gone before you, it doesn't negate that truth. And I would hope because of this because we know this, we can trust even when we cannot see. There's one more.
scripture, let me share with you. And it was read a moment ago from the Old Testament reading. Deuteronomy 31, verses 7 and 8. And the larger passage was read a moment ago. But listen to 7 and 8 again. And it deals with the change of leadership. Moses, Joshua. You know, you know the story. And I'm amazed when he read, Moses said, I am 120 years old. That's good, isn't it? That's good. I'm no longer able to lead you. Well, he was still in pretty good shape. Uh, we wouldn't be as good. But anyway, he was. But here is the statement in 7 and 8. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all of Israel, You folks be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them, again ahead of them, way out in front of them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself, here's the point, the Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He not only goes before you, he goes with you when you go through it. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. Hence, therefore, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Change of leadership, and God has gone before. Imagine that. Is there anything going on like that here? Oh, yes. And guess what? God has already gone before. He's already made the choice. He's already determined the chapter. And let me tell you that he, Joshua, will be different from he, Moses. And God will use them both. And what you had with Moses, you will not have with Joshua. What you had with Moses was a moving through the wilderness and all of the things that you can read about in the early parts of the Scripture. What you have with Joshua is conquest and dwelling and land and allotment. Completely different scenario. You don't know what's coming. But let me tell you, God has already been there. God is way ahead of you. And the Joshua that comes, you don't know what Joshua, this Joshua will do and what God will ordain as your chapter. Maybe you will find land. Maybe you will possess it. Maybe you will embed a community. You don't know what God is going to do, but he's already been ahead of you. And so what we do, because God is ahead of us and because he's compassionate, you celebrate the past. Oh, my goodness, you celebrate the future. God's already there. It is clear from Scripture. You know it's true. There is no reason to doubt it. And in his compassion and love, it's going to be good. And you know what we have in God, we have in Jesus. And it's indicative by verses like 14 of John where he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Guess what? He's ahead of us. He went to prepare a place so that we could be where he is. He's ahead of us. He's ahead of us in commitment and sacrifice. We will never pay any cost 
higher than what he paid. You remember the would-be guy that would follow Jesus and uh, he said, I got to do this and that. And Jesus said, the son of man hath no place to lay his head. Foxes have holes, birds have nests. You and I will never experience any inconvenience where he has not already been and paid and experienced more. Can't happen. We follow him, we will never experience any rejection like what he experienced. He went ahead of us. He's always ahead of us. He's ahead of us in suffering. You know that. We will never, ever experience any suffering that he doesn't understand because he went ahead of us. He went ahead of us in death. I don't know when I'm going to die. Don't know how I'm going to die. I'm not really worried about it. I'd like to give him the way I'd like to go, but I'm not really worried about that because He went ahead of me and made it a door. Why should I fear? He went ahead of us in the resurrection. He is first fruit. Dear folks, he is first fruit. We can't go where he has not gone. (laughs) What does that mean for us? Let me tell you. It means that we're loved. It means that he is intimately involved in our lives. It means that we are never alone. Can't be. Can't be. He's been there. And not only been there, he goes with us. It means our lives are not left to chance. And as Joshua heard and the people of Israel heard from Moses, if God goes before you, Why would you ever fear? Why would you ever be discouraged? You know when when you are getting ready to do something you haven't done before and and there's somebody with you and you say, you go first. Isn't it great? He already has. He already has in everything. We just simply need to follow. And trust him. Now I want to make this concluding statement. I want you to hear it very carefully. We can never go where he has not already been. Hallelujah. Secondly, we will never go where he had to go. Which was the cross. It scorched earth. Hallelujah. You know what that means when you put those two statements together? Do you understand what that means? It means we can trust him with our lives and have no fear in doing it. He paid the price for sin. He took the judgment of God. We can have salvation through him. Our lives our lives, as we walk our lives, we can trust him because he's never been. We've never been where he hasn't been. And I will never have to go 
where he went. He is my Savior and he's my Lord and we praise him. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for the truth of Scripture. It is very clear, clear in our lives and clear in the text. You go before us. And that is something that should make all of our hearts shout with gladness. But Lord, we also realize that you went where we never have to go because you did it for us. And so today, we give you thanks for our redemption and our salvation in Christ. And we trust you as followers because you've gone before us. We follow without any discouragement and without any fear. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.